welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Zach Thiessen for the StarCraft II mod called UED First Light. Zach's music is epic orchestral to match the sci-fi space RTS from 2010. Of course, the original StarCraft, uh, StarCraft I, came out in 1998, and this mod, UED First Light, aims to explain events that occurred several hundred years before the first StarCraft happened. So it's like a prequel mod. Zach is primarily a guitar player, and he was asked by the mod's creator to have guitar be a part of the texture in the music for UED First Light. And uh, the developer also wanted to use a vocal soloist. And Zach uh, reached out to Julie Elvin, She has recently lent her vocal talents to Horizon Zero Dawn and Forbidden West, among other games like League of Legends and World of Warcraft. So she sings on a bunch of the soundtrack here for UED First Light. Please do join us on Discord. You can find a link down in the show notes. We love talking about games and music and pets and Minneapolis and all the things. We love sharing just sharing lovely things with each other on uh, the Level with Emily Discord server. Again, find that link down in the show notes. You'll find a video of the conversation I had with Zach on our YouTube channel. That is youtube.com slash level with Emily Reese. And do please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you are able to support us financially, head over to patreon.com slash level and become a patron there. There are various perks that you'll find listed on our Patreon page, and we would uh, love to have your support. All right, well, here is Zach Thiessen. StarCraft II obviously is like one of the OG real-time strategy games, and I was approached by this producer in Texas randomly in uh, December saying, um, we're doing like this five-year mod project, like we're like nearing the end, Uh, would you be interested in doing music for it? And at the time I was like, oh, okay, what's StarCraft? Like, I'm not like a huge, huge gamer, but um, I have grown up playing games, like uh, Madden was like my favorite game, uh, NFL. And um, yeah, I looked it up, I'm like, oh wow, this is like a a Blizzard game and like OG uh, crowd and fan base and like the Reddit's still active. And I'm like, oh wow, okay, this is really cool. And like sci-fi sounds he wanted and uh, like epic uh, action and like uh, percussion synths guitar. So I was like, wow, this is like the perfect fit for like what I love doing. And so um, uh, UED First Light is the name of the mod and uh, it uh, kind of follows uh, the one uh, kind of uh, tail off story of the brood war, I think it is. And um, they, so they go into different um, kind of fleshing out of, of that storyline. So um, lots of different moods and, and sounds that I was asked to create. So yeah, it was really a neat opportunity that, that just worked out perfectly. Yeah. Now, when you said you were approached by a producer in Texas, were you in Texas no, I, okay, I was the, just the like producers because you're from Canada, right? You're from yeah. you live in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. funny. I was actually the night before I was talking to one of my friends at like just like a Christmas, like uh, get together gathering thing. And it's like snowing outside here, and, <laughs> right? In, in Toronto. Uh, and 
I, I like we were literally talking like, oh, I, I wonder what I'll be up to next year, right? And then like next morning, I see that this email had come in at like 1 a.m. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, that's that's what I'll be doing oh, uh, wow. next year. So so yeah, it took uh, four months to like uh, compose and, and produce. I got two really good session musicians, um, Yoed Nir, who's a cellist from Israel, and he's played with like Regina Spector and uh, done a bunch of like... Um, Conan and, and uh, Late Night with James Corden, like really amazing cellist. So mm. I'd worked with him previously. He does all of kind of the uh, string enhancements. So like I'll compose the string parts and he'll uh, then double it with with his takes. And then the producer, uh, Eli, he was like, oh, it'd be really neat if we got vocals because I was writing choirs and vocals in the mock-ups. But he's like, what if we got a solo voice? And I was like, oh, I've never done that before so uh, I was like let me research some vocalists and uh, the one that caught my eye was uh, Julie Alvin who had just been on the Horizon Forbidden West soundtrack and she's like done League of Legends she's like definitely one of the best out there so I was like oh I'll see if she's not busy and uh, (laughs) see if she's uh, game to do this and she was Um, so I was like really excited to work with her and she was so nice. And so she did, um, yeah, she sang on about half the tracks and mm-hmm. was just kind of doubling the lead melody. And it really kind of gave it like an enhancement that definitely wasn't possible without her. Talk about constructing the main theme. Was that what you did first or did that come mm-hmm. later? Well, clearly yeah. it must have came first because it's it's <laughs> yeah. peppered throughout so yeah. so much of the score. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah, because um when it came to the theme, Eli was like, okay, let's do a three-minute track and and uh see if we can really get the heart and soul of the game in this track, like in terms of different motifs and just overall instrumentation and I was like oh man like I I really have to nail this if we're gonna go ahead with this whole project and I I sent it to him literally on Christmas Eve day I had pulled an all-nighter because I'm like I have to get it to him before Christmas because I said I would and uh, so I sent it to him and I didn't check my phone for like two days because I just wanted to enjoy time with family and, <laughs> yeah and and he all I see is like he's like Zach this is literally perfect it was in like <laughs> C minor, which was the key he was thinking, was the right <laughs> tempo. Like it was just like perfect fit. And I was like, oh wow, that was like really, really great. Cause um from there it was like, okay, we know we're we're on the same page. And yeah, it really all spawned from like a simple guitar melody. Um you can kind of hear it um fluctuating in the like supernova, the main suite in the first minute, like just kind of underneath the melody. And that kind of inspired like the chord progressions and harmonies. And um, then I wrote the melody over top of that. And really when it came to establishing all of the uh, pepperings, as you said, throughout the score, it really came back to every single little motif. I tried to, you know, do about four or five things in, in the main track that I could pull from and, you know, either slow down. Like that's a technique I really like doing is, um, so there's diminution, which is, like shortening, but then there's refraction, which is like 
lengthening a phrase by double. So I do that a lot in in the other songs where I'll like take one of the melodies and and stretch it and flip it to the bass and. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of different reworkings, but it definitely kind of comes back to that initial sweep. And the guitar I really liked as well, and it turns out that's your main instrument. So we'll talk about, or I don't know actually if it's your main instrument, but um, yeah. we will talk about that more in yeah. a bit. But but um, so it was the producer's idea to to add guitar initially. That's kind of what he wanted, or or how did? Yeah, yeah, that's it, awesome. It was a, yeah, like basically Eli. Um, he goes also by like the Oracle online. Like he's really big in in the StarCraft community. So sweet. I should mention that if you want to look up the YouTube page, uh, look up the Oracle, and you can find everything about UD First Light there. When it comes to kind of like doing guitar and things that I like doing, and um, he was really on board with that because he actually found me through um, Epic Music World's YouTube channel. Um. So I have always like kind of sprinkled in guitar in my soundtracks because that is like my main instrument. Um, okay. So I went to Berkeley for that um, and for performance. And then I also went to UCLA for film scoring and learned through one of my favorite uh, video game composers, actually, uh, Nima Fakrara from Detroit Become Human. So he cool. really inspired me with the synths. And so I kind of got into that more too uh in the last year and um so yeah when when eli was like hey can kind of you do your sound um from like uh agnes day he'd heard and um rise up it's another one of my tracks he'd like so um yeah it's really cool to have someone that likes your music and and also was wanting to reference some of the music that i really like like um uh, last of us and mm -hmm. uh um hans zimmer and junkie xl score for uh, Man of Steel was another one. So okay. um, yeah, we're definitely on the same page with kind of the sounds we like. So the guitar riffs really kind of uh, would dictate uh, some of those themes and uh, doubling sometimes with either with piano or strings. So how old were you when you started playing guitar? I was 13 when I when I started playing. So okay. um, there's a whole backstory. I've done other interviews about this, but I, long story short, I had a really bad concussion at 13 and it kind of changed my personality. And that's when I got into music and literally started playing guitar two wow. weeks after that. And I'd never been into music before that. So oh it, was, it was pretty interesting, like how <laughs> that, that started. Yeah, so... Yeah, so my my progression with music, like I, I like playing obviously like fast stuff initially, like metal, and kind of have like a progressive rock and a jazz background. So I'd been into like interesting time signatures and harmonies, and as I was growing in my music appreciation, I really got into yeah orchestral music, and I think I was actually playing 
Madden NFL when I heard uh, Time Heist, I think it's called, by Zach Hemsey. And it was like on like the main title thing. I was like, whoa, like that sounds really cool. And then that was used on the Inception trailer. And then I got into Inception. So uh, that was kind of my first intro to being like, wow, like, and you can use guitar, like right with Inception uh, kind of as a main thing in in that sound. So yeah, those were kind of the initial things that got me into film scoring and video game scoring. Yeah. It was some, uh, are there other musical members in your family? Uh, no, actually, okay, yeah. Both my my yeah. parents were were teachers and professors, and my my brother's a fine artist. So okay, um, he's like a painter and, and very creative that way. So. Okay, oh, cool. but yeah, no, no yeah. one else. So it's kind of interesting how I kind of found found it, it myself. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, how about that? Well, let's go ahead and well, and you said you studied guitar at Berkeley. So um, <laughs> I'm always curious because because guitar is so. Um, I mean, it, it just can really play any style any anywhere, right? I mean, there's guitar-like instruments all around the world and all the things. So yeah. um, did you focus then on on kind of the jazz prog rock thing when you were at Berkeley then, uh, musically, yeah. performance-wise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like late teens, I was heavy into um, doing, doing that style. Um, my professor, uh, Tim Miller, was a big influence on me with the jazz. Um, also, Alan Holdsworth, like great um, jazz player, like super kind of like alien scales. So you can maybe hear that seep in through this soundtrack a bit, yeah. like really crazy modes. And then during that time, I also got into specifically playing eight string guitar. Um, oh, so that's like Charlie basic. Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Charlie <laughs> Hunter. And then also there's this um, progressive metal band, Animals as Leaders. Okay. Um, so I learned from them at like a camp at 15. And oh, then cool. I opened up for them actually at 17. It's like, that was like my first show. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and so I was, I was playing with them a year later, but as, as my kind of interests and, and style changed, I kind of moved away from that genre gradually and saw that those basis of, of um, time signatures and, and kind of textures and stuff could be kind of applied maybe to mm-hmm. uh, this orchestral sound. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of something that I really like to blend and and feel like um, guitar is definitely becoming more popular, I think, in, in scores lately. Like you hear the latest Thor movie, like it's like <laughs> yeah. crazy, like shred stuff. And so, yeah, I think it's it's turned out really well that I play guitar. I, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely benefited from having that background. So I always oh, feel bad amazing. because it's like, I reflect on like other video game composers, like you look at maybe someone like an Austin Wintory who's like conducting in high school and, and stuff. And I think, oh, I maybe should have, you know, started earlier. But everyone has their own unique path. And, of course. Um, and uh, influences. And, and I definitely the best piece of influence I personally received uh, was from uh, a guy I know really well and have actually kind of started assisting, uh, Andrew Lockington. Okay. Uh, he's a film composer um, for like Rampage, San Andreas. And uh, he's like, Zach, like, don't feel like you have to learn piano to become a composer. Like you can yeah. uh, write things from your guitar and that will seep into like your melodies. And like, that's what makes you unique. And and uh, that will kind of be your, you know, sonic uniqueness, I think. And so uh, when I heard that, I felt like, oh, if, if I need to get into film composing, like I need to... You know relearn everything on piano but it wasn't the case and um 
yeah, I've I've really benefited from that advice. I think it's maybe something that someone else out there can also hear um, with a different primary instrument than piano that can really, yeah. really um, kind of lend to unique voices, I think. Absolutely. You know, I think classically trained musicians tend to have opinions about musicians who don't read music or like you're saying, composers who don't play piano or, <laughs> you know, everybody like vocalists who whatever, you know. And and I yeah. think largely that that even classically trained musicians can wrap their head around the fact that someone can have a really special talent that should be shared with the world no matter how they got it or how they maintain yeah. it or anything, you know, it's just like, yeah. it is, it is what it is. I remember when I was in grad school, um, studying music theory and I can play piano, but it is not good. And it is not my main <laughs> instrument. Like I can't sit <laughs> yeah. down and sight read. I used to be able to when I was much younger, but I just mm. pff, could not anymore by the time I was in my thirties. And like, I, I was, you know, mm. encouraged to take piano lessons and like really hone my piano skills because if you want to be a theory teacher yeah. and yes, there's yeah. definitely truth to that. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's like, doesn't all have to be centered around piano people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even exactly. though I love it. Like it's honest to yeah. God, one of my favorite, like favorite instruments. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but yeah. that's the other thing too, Zach. And I don't mean to keep talking, but, but no, it's like, it's, it's... you're a musician. You can walk up to a piano and play a melody on a piano, whether you know how to play it or not. Right. Totally. That's yeah. the beauty of the piano. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe the, like my parents wanted me to play um, like instruments growing up. Okay. But like, I, like piano was always one of those instruments that I, I was so uninterested in because it, it to me it always just kind of sounded the same and if you listen to like my my soundtrack you're going to hear like okay there's a lot of like textures and and I if someone were to ask me to just like write a theme on a piano that's kind of like the least intuitive thing that I can do I definitely do like like you're saying I can sometimes like noodle and actually will occasionally come up with uh, a melody but just like a whole orchestration <laughs> like just right. on piano isn't is intuitive but you know, over the the years, like the last five years, I've been playing piano, and I, ha I now actually have a piano um, just to do some sounds with. It, I definitely see the benefit of kind of knowing your way and, and being like, oh, okay, this is like chromatic media, and to like things like that get a lot yeah. more easily for visual kind of seeing where you're going. But yeah, um, yeah definitely don't have to play piano exactly. to be a composer. <laughs> definitely do not. <laughs> yeah. I loved New Dawn, and it's such a short oh, little okay. piece, but it's just lovely, hmm. you know? So I'm curious, you know, is that like a specific cutscene that's happening there, or what's what's the deal with New Dawn? Yeah, so when it came to like composing um, all the pieces, I should say, they're all mood-based. So it was an interesting process uh, with Eli that it wasn't so much um, matching it to an exact level even, or uh, cutscene, he just he gave me a list of moods that he oh, wanted. Neat. And he's like, um, can we make, you know, three action type moods? Can we make, you know, 
two villainous moves can we make uh, a couple like tense holdout like not quite uh, full throttle but holdout kind of action so for that one new dawn it's part of like orion and new dawn being kind of the revelatory awe um, moods he wanted and okay. uh, in that case it, it's kind of plays as this one major cutscene in the game and that was just kind of based off of trying to create a sense of revealing and uh, interesting that you like that one um, Julie's favorite one is that one as well because it just kind of dynamically lifted and like she just totally nailed uh, that melody and it is yeah so I, so beautiful has kind of a similar sound to the previous track before it fight for justice also uses this ionian sharp five mode like a harmonic minor so it kind of has that like um almost uh, for lack of a better term like dune sound it's it's interesting when i was writing this i actually hadn't heard the dune soundtrack oh, yeah. so it was just like such a funny coincidence that yeah that it, it like <laughs> came out it kind of had the same sci-fi you know sci-fi does have that kind of augmented yep. uh, lift to it so mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I really like that track as well Um, psionic presence is fun. I loved all the like portamento glissando y kind of yeah. sounds in there. Just really how it shifts and kind of keeps you yeah. off your feet. Yeah, that one was a really fun one to do because like um I think that one was like maybe the third track I did, um, mm. interestingly enough. Like they're yeah. they're definitely not in order. But <laughs> basically with that that track, I was trying to nail down like how far can we go without it sounding like a different soundtrack, but like really interesting in horror because he, like Eli wanted to definitely kind of horror style, like ambient um, stuff. So I really experimented uh, like with some kind of like Bram sounds, like on my Moog synthesizers, I like patched together some weird noise uh, inputs and stuff to cool. kind of double the brass. And actually fun fact, uh, Yoa did all the strings on, all the tracks except Psionic Presence and Into the Void. Okay. I actually, I decided to play the cello myself on that track oh. because I'm like, I want it to sound like kind of, kind of janky. Uh, so like <laughs> I, I would uh, double the, the portamento there for, oh, with the brass. Cool. So, and then I like quadruple tracked it. So it was like, you know, the intonation isn't yes. that great for a player right. like me. So, but I actually <laughs> like that because it's yeah. like, it's like super kind of off.
so it, it definitely lent itself to that more uneasy sound. So, yeah. <laughs> definitely very effective. I always used to joke <laughs> that like the best horror soundtrack would be recorded by like a middle school band. Like that would be the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe a middle school yeah. orchestra, even worse, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but uh, but yeah, no, I really liked that. And then I'm I'm glad you mentioned Into the Void because that it, it sounds so far away, right? Which is cool. I love that. Yeah. It's almost like like kind of drew me in and made me want to like turn it up, you know? Because it. Yeah. I, I thought that was really neat neat effect. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, like that one. I wanted a lot of almost a bit of like noise in it. Um, how I achieved that was um, it, it was really hard to record and and the way to kind of give it that distance. Um, it was like a Ebo that's usually used on a guitar. Like yeah. it's an infinite sustain kind of almost like acts like a cello bow sound. But I, I put that on the piano that I have out here and I left the sustain pedal on. And if you get it in a certain range, it almost sounds kind of like a whale song. And so I just had this kind of like one note, but it, it, it barely resonates it. So it's like very soft. So like the noise floor kind of comes up, but it's this interesting sound in context that it, it's like, where are we at here? Like, it's, yeah. it's like, what's going on? And then another sound in that one that I used that was kind of interesting was, um, and also a, a couple other songs was a like orchestral bass drum and I actually took like an afternoon uh, to sample uh, one at like a local church that I know they're doing like this epic rendition of Little Drummer Boy for like their Christmas concert. <laughs> nice. And I said like, can I get in there and just like sample these one afternoon? So I took like <laughs> three or four hours like to deep sample it. Like I did uh, uh, like hands actually. I did soft mallet, hard mallet, back front. So lots of options, uh, mm -hmm. loops. So for that one, um, I think that may have been like a soft mallet again at the back giving it that distance then and putting it through some reverb and yeah so it has this kind of reverberant thing other tracks for that same same uh, drum uh, I would use the hands but then I filter out all the bottom end and it almost actually kind of sounds like this percussive kind of top end uh, like okay like shaker thing so yeah you can hear that on a couple outros of, of certain tracks yeah and it is a very percussive soundtrack like there's a lot of like you know kind of military-esque drumming and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that so um yeah, yeah. so it was a lot of that sampled or did you like that you sampled or or just yeah, the bass drum yeah. or yeah yeah it was some some samples like there's also um i'm really big on on a ride cymbal um that's kind of not as much of a utilized instrument i think that comes maybe from my jazz background for that sure I, I i like i almost want to like approach percussion like it's this one big drum kit like sure. um, there's obviously the sound of like an actual drummer and that's kind of cool but I want to actually treat like the timpani, like the kick and then like the snare. And then I actually used a hi-hat as well. Um, it was interesting. Um, a few years ago uh, during lockdown, 
actually. I, I sampled this Tom set called Lockdown Toms in this old church with with my uh, my friend had a studio there at the time. So I did this deep sample of like rolls, but we sampled it so that the right side of the room was its own Tom. And then the left side was its own Tom. So you have this back and forth thing. You can yeah. do those kind of rhythms. So like, again, if you have like the temp in the center, then you have those wide. And then uh, he also like sampled the regular kit and I use that uh, sample of the hi-hat from that. Oh, so cool. like you have, you know, this left, you know, ride, tom, center, temp, so, and then the bass drum. So it's kind of this interesting foray of, of uh, percussion. And then obviously I wanted to make it militaristic and, and some kind of interesting loop uh, distorted like degrading sounds. So yeah, I didn't want it just to be like a snare or military drum, but like some yeah. also interesting ensemble. I think we'll come back to the soundtrack in a moment, but you know, you mentioned that you you grew up kind of, you gamed and stuff, but you know, Madden and and you you said you weren't really a gamer. So, um, yeah. is that true still? Do you just occasionally game, or just not really? Or yeah, I've definitely got a greater appreciation for games lately, especially since taking like the video game course with uh, Nima Fakarara, like uh, that. Actually, specifically, that game Detroit Become Human was really what got me into gaming again because I realized, oh, cool. like, wow, like these video games, the music is so interesting, and that soundtrack is so interesting, like with the three composers mm -hmm. and how just uh, the story arcs are, I think, a lot more complex than just like a you know one and a half hour film uh, where you have these engaging things that are going on. Um, so yeah, I, I got into gaming in the last few years. Um, Last of Us, I like the first one. I really like. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And another one uh, was Journey. So I, I have a PS3. So I'm like playing through all these <laughs> nice. older, like 2010, like OG, like yeah. best of kind of right now. So yep. that, and I just got um, the Elder Scrolls um, Five Skyrim. So I'm gonna oh. play that one next. So I'm playing all these things that I hear the music now. I'm like, oh, yeah. I should play that play that yes. game so yes. so yeah i definitely um and and specifically actually uh, i'll play through the game but then i'll go back in terms of a design sense for the programming and the integration and i'll actually mute everything else so i'll do a second playthrough of just the music and see like okay where are things at and try to get inspiration for placement and and looping sure. and, and stuff like that I was just at a gathering last night talking about Skyrim. We were talking about oh, okay. Skyrim and uh, how uh, just how many hours we've all put <laughs> into Skyrim <laughs> throughout the course of our lives because it did come out wow. eleven years ago, right? So yeah, um, so yeah, because I played it on the PS3, I played it on Xbox, and then I played it on PS4. So I played it. Wow, yeah, so it's oh, crazy. Cool, and I cool. know I'm sure I'll go back to it again someday. It's just, yeah. it's such a special. It, that's experience. the thing. Yeah, certain games are yeah. very, very special. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I've been definitely enjoying enjoying those. Yeah. Oh, good, good, very exciting. <laughs> and then also with regards to your composition, 
you know, how has your foray into gaming affected your composition at large? You know, like, Mm -hmm. um, what do you think that you've taken from the gaming world that you've applied to your other composition projects? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think naturally, I didn't realize until um, my first soundtrack came out, Streams in the Wasteland, which was like a collaborative uh, project with my brother, my fine artist brother, Josh Thiessen. He exhibits all over North America, LA, New York, um, Miami. And uh, we decided in the pandemic to do this project together where I would score his 17 paintings and uh, put a soundtrack for each and kind of approach it like it's its own mini movie. So then when that came out last summer, um, like it was surprisingly really received over the past year, like really well. And on Spotify, more and more, I, I saw like my tracks ending up on video game playlist and like that's how i actually found out about skyrim i'm like oh like <laughs> like this this is really great music and um so naturally i think i started realizing okay like yeah maybe my style is closer to video games than i thought because for me like my songwriting production background that i have i really like things you know in a repetitive order like groups of eight and stuff um and kind of doing this gradual like building. That's uh, another thing that like Eli really liked about uh, my tracks, Agnes Day and Rides Up from that album okay. is that, that it kind of has that intensity layering. So that's kind of a natural thing that I've been doing compositionally for a while. And so then I realized that like, okay, this is a really good fit because I can I can kind of approach it like I've naturally been uh, composing for that. With film, uh, now I think in terms of maybe my takeaway, I actually said this to my classmates at UCLA not even two years ago, that I don't think a theme should ever be used more than three times. <laughs> and then I and then when I played when I played Journey, I like ate my words hard because I'm like, oh dear, like you can use a theme more yeah. than three times and it can sound like really good. Because at the time we were discussing like the uh, Justice League movie and we're like, okay. like, is this good? Like what are our thoughts? And like the the consensus was like, oh, we think maybe some of the themes were too overused. And I was like one of those people saying, Yeah, like it it should have had where or variation. And with the video game world, it's really interesting how, um, you know, listening to more video game soundtracks that I think the reason there's so much more integrated and take out a long lasting uh, effect on the player is because they've been immersed in the world. And then it's the subtle, like referencing, like, whereas usually movies are like, okay, we're going to bang you over the head with like, (laughs) here's the theme, like brass fanfare, right? So whereas I think Definitely going forward, I I like this new approach of implied themes or that's why I love like a movie like The Joker, um, that it's not so much like here's the main theme. 
It's like these little motifs and almost like textural callbacks. It's textural callbacks. It's harmony callbacks. It doesn't always have to be just like a simple way of like uh, dictating to your audience what you should be feeling. It's um, yeah, kind of implied things that are, it's more creative, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, I do want to acknowledge that my neighbors just turned on their leaf blower, so that's happening right okay. now. <laughs> uh, just, just in case there's a little bleed uh, from that. <laughs> but you were, but you were talking about you know how your compositions are layered, and yeah. one of the things, one of the other tracks I really loved was called is called Strength in Numbers because of all the hemiola you're okay. layering in there. You have like three yeah. against four against five against, which is very cool. So, so I'm just cool. fun. So talk to me about that yeah. track. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad. Like when like people that know music like notice those things that <laughs> brings me such joy because yeah, like good. yeah, it's it's not the average listener certainly. So yeah, so um, that one was actually really tricky to compose and um some of those songs like uh strength in numbers and uh fight for justice was another one where they kind of like shift they like you think they're starting one way and then they kind of like you like you sweep the rug out and take the rug out from underneath you and you're like okay whoa so yeah that was really goofy how i actually had to in pro tools like compose in in like the one one point five speed or whatever to like readjust it because i think in Pro Tools, like the duplet or something wasn't sounding right. So um, yeah, that was really interesting to try to create those sense of movement. And I should also say being an indie mod game, like it's not like they have this huge, you know, implementation team. So I was tasked with trying to make things move and feel dynamic and interactive, but, you know, without like a full gaming, uh, you know, FMOD or WISE system in there sure. so uh, and and getting the loops to kind of um feel uh, interesting so i wanted things to feel dynamic and and changing and also like a, a thing that i did a lot was also filtering opening the filter gradually on starts of tracks and like okay. uh, strings um if you go back like most tracks yeah they kind of do a gradual opening just to again get that sense of of movement where you know maybe a game like detroit become human would have a game engine that would do that if you know yeah press like the right trigger to analyze like the scene or, or whatever and then it does like a filter effect so i, I was kind of trying to think that way but incorporate it musically The other thing that I was thinking about with regards to you being a guitar player is how many tools you have to, at your disposal in terms of like pedals and just things you can connect your guitar up to to make random yeah. sounds. So when you were talking about the Ebo, I was like, well, of course, the Ebo, but it's like, yeah. that's so cool to, I mean, how many racks of pedals do you have to do this? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like way too many. Actually, I have like an extra dozen here that don't even make it on my board like I have <laughs> 20 on my board and then I have to like change out uh which ones I don't want yeah um, <laughs> for for each one but yeah it's it's always changing and I, I kind of like having this setup where I 
I can just randomly decide what what I want to do each day and and what sounds I can create. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. see too. There's an instrument behind me there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? Yeah, it's a it's an instrument I invented called the cylindrical bass. Oh, cool. It's kind of inspired by like some other custom instrument designers like Chaz Smith, who's worked with Hans Zimmer and uh, Nima Fakrar, who did like this Connor guitar and also like Charlie Klauser, like the saw composer. He does a bunch of custom instrument stuff. So okay. seeing those guys and, and getting inspired. So that's 16 bass strings tuned in unison. So it's the same gauge. And okay. it's actually like a very speed motor that I then bow with my cello bow. And so rather than you bowing it, it bows you, if that right? makes sense, because it's, <laughs> yeah, hitting, it does. it's hitting the bow. Yeah. And then uh, that I actually have like an extra like eight string pickup that runs to my board here. And then from okay. there, I actually will double that with like synth pulses and all stenatos. And I'll, if I need to retune it, I can do that. But that's an instrument that I'm still learning. It originally was like intended for more maybe um, kind of melodic stuff, but it, it does kind of actually sound similar to like a water phone that you oh, get a cool. lot of these like screechy high harmonics. So um, you don't hear it a whole lot in this soundtrack, but I'm definitely like saving it for to be okay. like the main instrument on a future soundtrack. But um, yeah. yeah, I definitely can easily double it with like uh, synth. Uh, pulses and stuff and it just oh, kind of cool. layers in this almost cello sound but it's like this kind of hybrid robotic kind of pulsating thing so, oh wow yeah. that's really cool yeah i yeah. i am excited for whatever score you feature that on <laughs> yeah <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> uh wow well what was the other thing i was gonna bring up too with regards to guitar i can't recall right now oh yeah um, like like the other like I guess I, I have a few guitars here, um, yeah. like different eight, str- eight string guitar. Again, I should maybe explain that basically the range yes. of it is like a regular guitar and bass in one. So like it has the low E string of a bass, mm-hmm. and then it just has the normal six strings of a guitar. So you can do both. And the nice added range with that is I can play kind of some cello stuff uh, on it with the low end of like the Evo and into a bunch of distortion. That's like actually in Supernova, like that's what you hear in the chorus, like you just hear this like wall of sound. Another thing that I do on there is, you've probably seen it on social media a bunch lately, um, it's called a Picasso bow. It's like just a shorter bow and you can stick that into a sound hole. So I will actually, I have a, an electric classical guitar that I run through my pedal board and I'll, and I'll bow that. So that okay. was like used on Into the Void and I also used like an electric pickup on the cello and Into the Void through okay. my pedals. Like I use that through a pedal called the Microcosm, which is a really cool like it re-samples and glitches up your signal kind of and can reverse it. So I'll, I'll do a lot of that. And I have a lot of different reverb. I love reverb, as you can tell. You can <laughs> probably hear a lot of different different ambient sounds. sounds so that definitely uh, influences yeah. 
that. So. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, eight-string guitar is so fascinating. And I mean, my introduction to it was from Charlie Hunter. That's the first okay. place I ever heard. And yeah. the first person I ever heard like play it like yeah. that, where you're like, who's the bass player? Oh, wait. He's the yeah. bass player. It's, it's kind of like listening to someone who's really good at like the Hammond B3 organ, right? Where they're playing the bass yeah. with their feet or their left hand. And you're just like, what? <laughs> what's happening? Yeah. So, I mean, because it's such a different skill set to be a bass player yeah. than a, you know, than like a lead mm-hmm. guitarist. So, I mean, I just, yeah. it's it's a really amazing instrument. Yeah. 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 Like you can. Like I, I definitely do some bass kind of slapping techniques and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, tapping uh, as well. You can like write. You've maybe seen Charlie Hunter, like the the bass and like the melody. Yeah. Um, the one H string that I have is is uh, called a Canton, uh, and okay. actually it was co-designed and built with Rick Canton uh, as like a signature model. So he found me oh, at wow. my time at Berkeley. I had done one of my professor's um, tracks called Night Sky uh, by Tim Miller. Okay. And uh, he was looking for someone that wasn't just doing the metal stuff and was doing some more interesting ambient stuff. So when he saw my video, he's like, okay, finally I can work with someone on H string that isn't like just like a metal head and, and kind of has some range. <laughs> a perfect fit and we're, we still have a great relationship today he has some other ones he's working on and we we're brainstorming too like way in the future of like if we could do some kind of like crazy <laughs> harp guitar or something we'll see <laughs> so what were some of the things that you that are special about your custom-made eight-string guitar that you wouldn't yeah. necessarily find if you just bought one off the internet you know yeah yeah so there are a lot of great guitar companies out there i previously yeah. endorsed like a, a, a company from Netherlands, uh, uh, Aristides, they're great. Strandberg, they're great as well. Friend, friends with them. But this Canton is is unique that he has more of like the jazz luthier background. So it's voiced more kind of naturally acoustic. And I wasn't getting that as much from other H strings. And that um, it's semi-chambered. So it's it's very naturally resonant. And oh. It just has a, a very kind of different natural sound. It's hard to explain, but just the way he makes the guitars are, are just very naturally sounding like beautiful. And yeah. we, we went back and forth with specific uh, scale length and uh, it's called a multi-scale when uh, basically the frets aren't just straight, but they actually gradually slant to uh, oh, accompany the the string length so the treble string's shorter and then you want the bass string to be longer to have a thicker gauge and more tension so yeah. we really played around with that customizing that oh, customizing wow. the hardware uh the, we've tried different pickups um then i also have an interesting uh second output that i came up which is uh for the purpose of uh, an expression controller. I hadn't really seen that done too much on other huh. guitars, if at all. Um, and what that enables me to do is I, 
rather than like having a foot expression, I can actually control something from my guitar, like a oh, reverb cool. mix, or um, I've also done like tone matching in my uh, Axe effects here that can actually s- basically switch pickups with okay. the twist of a knob. So different things like that um, yeah. kind of make it make it unique. So mm-hmm. now, are there videos of you playing it online? I would assume. Yeah, yeah. If you go okay. go on my Instagram, that's like the first thing you'll see. Oh, cool. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Can you show it to us though on this video? Is it easy yeah, enough yeah, to grab sure. and just put it yeah, in there? Yeah. Okay. Oh wow, it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's gorgeous. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So you can probably also notice it's it's headless there. So right? that also yeah. makes it like ergonomic. Like that was one mm-hmm. thing that I really noticed that. Um, yeah, you can kind of play it upright and it rests on your leg, which is really nice. So Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. What a gorgeous instrument. Yeah. yeah. Do you name your yeah. guitars at all or <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I I I um I forget what I named that one though. I know um I know it's been a while since I've even thought of like I named them and then I forget. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do try to initially, but um yeah. I, I think it oh no, yep. That one is Charles the Second because okay. I I it was my second age string. Okay. <laughs> and then that one, I think that one I, I called um yeah, I think I named it Charlie because okay. the first song I played on it was uh uh Charlie Brown's uh Christmas, like Christmas time is here, like the Vince oh, Garaldi. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Oh, cool. Um well I'll make sure and and put links in all the show notes and all the places to, you know, yeah. Instagram and if you have YouTube mm-hmm. stuff, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll put yeah. links in there for everything. Yeah. But. And, and like the, uh, UED first light scores out now, if you oh, just, uh, it's, it's, it's called a uh, supernova original soundtrack. Just, just because we just wanted to be careful with like the IP of, of blizzard, like not to name it something the same. So yeah. because like UED first light is free to play. And if you go to uh, UEDFL.com, that's where you can uh, download it and play it. And you can actually find the soundtrack there as well. Um, But um, uh, yeah, if you look up just Zach Teeson, even on Spotify or Supernova um, original soundtrack, um, you'll, you'll find the album there. Zach, is there anything else you want to say about any of this at the moment? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I just was like so thankful to be part of this project. It was like such a, a great fit for kind of the sounds I'm into. And I'm looking forward to, yeah, definitely diving into more video game projects. Um, I, I've i kind of been able to connect with more people. And oh, um, yeah, it's been like the soundtrack's been received really well. Like the it's really crazy some of the compliments i've gotten saying like oh i like this more than the original uh <laughs> starcraft soundtrack and they're like i'm playing this other mod with zach's soundtrack on and like <laughs> so i was like wow that's that's really nice so uh, yeah very very grateful for the community and eli uh the producer um yeah super nice guy to work with and 
um, yeah, I guess things I'll be working on this fall will be um, uh, with Andrew Lockington assisting him, the film composer uh, here in Toronto, and and uh, kind of continuing in into the video game industry. Hopefully, I'm going to try to make it out to Megamix. I don't know if you heard oh, yeah, of that. Yeah. It's in Montreal. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's cool. not too far from me. So I'll, I'll try to get, get to that one. But um. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was so nice connecting with you here today. Oh, I know. I'm so yeah. glad too. I, I couldn't make. I don't know if you ever go to GDC. Um, I do sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was hoping to go this year, but like I was working on this. I was finishing it, so I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll have to go next year. But um, yeah. well, and we have one. We have a tiny. Well, tiny isn't even fair because it grows every year. But we have one here in Minneapolis called. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> It used to be Gamers Rhapsody, VGM Con. There we go. VGM oh, yeah, Con. Yeah, yeah yes, which is super yeah. fun. So if you ever want to come oh, cool. to Minneapolis instead of going all yeah, the way yeah. to the West Coast, you'd be welcome <laughs> yeah. to come here in April. And then another one awesome. that I love, because there are so many good ones. Another one that I love is in LA in the fall. Okay. It's in October and it's called Game Sound Con. And it's like oh, okay. a mini, mini GDC for audio, oh. right? So it's all oh, audio neat. and music. And it's so it's just this little. I mean, again, it's not yeah. little, but compared to GDC, it's just a couple of days at a hotel in downtown LA, and it's absolutely oh, fantastic. So oh, I, th- cool. I think I'm going to try and go to that this year. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't been since pre-pandemic, so yeah. Um, but that's a really special con as well because it again, oh, it's cool. smaller, so it's like this really yeah. tight group of composers and audio designers yeah. and sound directors oh, and whatever. Neat. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. 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 Cool. So there's always cool. there's always lots of options, but yeah, GDC is amazing. I love it. And yeah. again, I haven't been there since I mean, it was way before the pandemic. I think 2017 or 18 is maybe oh, the wow. last GDC I went to. So yeah. it's it's been a minute cuz it's I mean, it's not cheap, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to like pick So and yeah, choose. you kind of yeah. you're like, okay, this year I'll do this. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like last Nam I was at, I guess was 2018, maybe as well, or 2019. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like so I done Nam with my endorsement companies and stuff, but I um yeah, I've yeah. never been to a a GDC or something like that. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I'll definitely look forward to maybe yeah, yeah. running into you somewhere. For mm-hmm. sure. Well, and I expect we'll keep in touch with whatever yeah. projects you have coming out. And, <laughs> cool. and uh, yeah, just what a nice, nice surprise to to get to know you and hear yeah. more about your music. And, and I, mm-hmm. I really do enjoy the music really well done. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, thanks for being on yeah. today. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Zach Thiessen, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily financially at patreon.com level. Check out the video of our chat with Zach on the Level with Emily YouTube channel, and please do subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss all of our new videos of interviews, and uh, we're getting up our back catalog too, so uh, be sure to subscribe to that channel so you can catch up on all of those postings. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hey. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.
Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.